Hello and welcome to Wangaratta Baptist Church. My name is Pastor Aaron. I'm so thrilled that you've decided to join with us today for this message. This message was recorded live at one of our Sunday morning services, which are on every Sunday at 10 a.m. right here in Wangaratta. If you're here uh, in town on a Sunday, then why not come along and join with us in fellowship with other believers as we open the word together and hear from the scriptures. But if you are connecting with us online, don't let this replace uh, coming to a, a local church. Uh, they are vitally important for the growth of all believers. And so get along to your local church. But if not, then, then at least help. let this be a supplement to help you in your walk with the Lord. And so we do believe that the, the scriptures are the inerrant word of God and they're here to train us and equip us. And so we will be speaking and opening up the scriptures together. So, so get your Bibles out and follow along. And I trust that this message that you are watching today will really encourage you and inspire you and help you understand the hope that we do have in Jesus Christ. May it be a blessing to you. Well, it's been a very long time since I've actually spoken at a church because, as you know, we've been in COVID and so lockdown. So it means I've been pointing my face at a camera rather than people. Um, so please bear with me as this has been a very long time since I've done this. Um, but before we get into today, I would love to pray for you guys. Uh, thank you, Jesus, that you are here, that you are present, um, that you are amongst uh, Wodonga District Baptist Church and Wangaratta District Baptist Church. Um, and I just pray as um, your word unfolds today um, that we'll just hear it. Um, we'll hear what you're trying to say, where you're trying to lead us, where you're trying to grow us. Um, and I just pray that you just really feel this place today. Um, I do wanted to say as well that um, even though Colleen said Wangaratta District Baptist Church, I felt very welcomed here today. So I really wanna thank you guys for that. So uh, there is a question that we have all asked in life. Where is God? I would say nearly every single person has asked this at some point in their life. Whether you're new to your faith, whether you've been a Christian for 60 years, um, or even if you're not a Christian and you don't have a faith, you've probably asked this question or you will ask this question, where is God? We all go through hardships, trials, or even seasons in life where we just don't feel connected to God. Uh, we may feel like God has gone silent on us or we just can't understand what is going on and we can't see and we struggle to understand how God is working. And I think after a year, like 2020, there would have been many questioning, where is God? There were moments of loss, there were moments of sadness, seasons of struggle, uh, trials, and many felt lost last year. And we truly aren't alone in asking this question, where is God? There are many people and many examples in the Bible of people who ask, where is God? So this morning, I would love for us to take a closer look at some people in the Bible who asked this question. So the people I've chosen today are the Israelites, and the Israelites were, God chosen, were God's chosen people. They continued to sin against God time and time again without seeking any type of forgiveness. Their home was then attacked uh, by the Babylonian Empire, and they were taken out of Jerusalem and into exile for 70 years. This meant that they'd been taken away from their home and everything that they once knew. Last year, I think we can all agree, it felt somewhat like exile. Everything we once knew changed because of coronavirus restrictions or rules. Um, and instead of being exiled from our homes, we felt we were exiled from our community, from our workplaces, from our schools, 
our friends, and even from our church. And as much as we don't really want to think about it, coronavirus hasn't completely disappeared yet. In fact, it's created a new normal for us, um, and it's seen things change in 2021. So the Israelites, they had to endure 70 years of home away from home. And I'm sure they asked the question of where is God countless times. All they could see was desert, separation, destruction, grief, sadness, loss, and that light at the end of the tunnel, tunnel that seemed to be getting darker. They asked, where is God? I think they also asked the question, how are we supposed to be faithful to God and follow him in these new circumstances? Have we ever wondered what God's response to that question is? When we're going through seasons that feel like deserts, deserts and we ask where he is, what is his response? What is God's response? What does God instruct us to do during these times? So the passage that we are going to look through this morning, if you'd like to open it up, um, fun fact, it's actually, um, there's a, uh, sorry, there is a well-known Bible verse in this passage, um, and it's actually the second top 10 on the top 10 list of most popular Bible verses. And I'm sure you guys know it. So we'll be opening up to Jeremiah 29 if you'd like to, but Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. It's often a go-to verse for Christians whenever we go through hardships. But it's super important for us to take a look at this passage and where this verse sits amongst as the prophet Jeremiah sent a letter to the Israelites whilst they were in exile. So let's read Jeremiah 29, 4 to 6. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too will have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. So this is what God's response is to the people of Israel. He's giving them pretty clear instructions here. He's saying, build houses and settle down, plant gardens, marry and have children, seek peace and pray. So the people here of Israel, we're going to be stuck in exile for a very long time, 70 years long. Uh, essentially, it was going to become the new normal for them. They weren't getting out of this situation anytime soon, and I actually believe they're in there for three generations. But we see here in this passage that God is encouraging, suggesting, instructing the Israelites to get on with life, to stop looking back, to stop looking at the now, and to stop being weighed down by the things that seemed hard, but to look forward and to see the opportunity of this new community. I think there are many things that we can actually apply to our own lives from this passage. So I want us to take a closer look, if you're willing. So build houses and settle down. So there's two ways that I think that we can look at this. God asks them to build houses and settle down, which suggests making plans for the future. To build a house and settle down means the Israelites would be making exile, making Babylon their new normal joining in on this new community and making it their home. So Cody and I, the pie man, um, are currently building a house just outside of Wodonga. 
We have bought land, we've chosen a builder, um, we've picked a plan, we've signed our contracts, we're just waiting on our start date. But this means that we've made plans to stay in Albury Wodonga and make it our home base. It means we've chosen to invest into our new community by making plans to live there. Maybe for some of you guys here, you've already built or bought a house here in Wangaratta or close to, or you've chosen to live here for a season. Either way, you've chosen to invest into this community by making it your home. But it seems that it's suggesting a little bit more than building four walls. It's suggesting to settle in and build community here in your neighbourhood, in your church, in your workplace and in your schools. Build community with those who are around you. It also sounds like God is asking them to deal with what's going on. Deal with the things that need immediate attention. Do what you have to do to survive in the moment. Now, I don't know what 2020 looked like for you or your personal trials, your hardships, the struggles that you personally had to endure but it's important that you don't shove them away or just ignore them. 2020 has been rough for so many, experiencing mental health and anxiety, and we can get stuck in this rut feeling like we have no way out. So God is saying, do something about it. Reach out and go and talk to somebody. Ask for help with what is going on. If you're feeling disconnected from friends, reach out and find new ways of connecting. If you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, let someone know. Catch up with your pastor. I'm sure Aaron would love to hear from you. He'd love to encourage you and support you. He does seem like that type of guy, so you know, feel free to go to him. But if we don't build that roof over our head, we will constantly be rained on and we will find it hard to settle into the new life that is surrounding us. We see here that God then asks them to plant gardens and eat what they produce which suggests that they should continue doing what they used to do, just in a different environment, a new environment. To continue living life as they would have, but in their new home. So at our youth group in Wodonga, we have this saying, or we did a term, um, a term topic on it. It's grow where you are planted, sow where he calls. Essentially, he's asking them to restart the garden. They had just been ripped up from their garden in Jerusalem and placed in Babylon. They needed to grow where they had now been planted. So they needed to start preparing the garden again. The soil, picking which seeds to sow, start planting, start watering, and then experience the new garden growing. We saw this during 2020. We continue to do things that we normally would have, just a little bit differently, even with church, whether that was on Zoom or online, with masks or with 1.5 metres in between. But we have to remember something about a garden. We have to remember that it takes time for it to grow. If you're wanting to reap a harvest in three months, you have to plant now. And it seems fitting that we are talking about this actually, because we are three days into 2021. And you may have been thinking about your new year resolutions, your goals or your plans to work towards. Um, and it's a good chance to plant now. And as, as Christians, it's super important that we work towards a harvest in our faith. So let's start the garden now. Start to nourish yourself from God's word so that there will be a harvest in the future. It may feel hard to dig into God's word right now, but, and even after the second day or the third day, 
But after three months of being diligent, you will see fruits growing. You will see the way that God's changing you. So if we were to go back into lockdown and church was to go back online, what would you want to harvest in three months? Where would you hope to be in your faith? What can you plant now that will produce a harvest in three months? God then asked them to marry and have sons and daughters. Obviously, we know what this suggests, um, quite literally, and I highly encourage to patiently wait this one out if you aren't there yet. But that's the point. God is suggesting that they make long-term plans for the future and take action and make choices to reflect this. Look to what your future might look like in a year or two, or even five. This is something that you can work towards now. We all have long-term dreams, passions, or things we want to do that's on our bucket list. Now, for those who aren't married yet in the room, I'm not suggesting finding a boyfriend or girlfriend right this very second, getting married, having children. I'm not suggesting that. But instead, I'm suggesting that we intentionally develop who we are, grow into the person that God created you to be, grow in your faith, grow in your character, grow in your identity that is found in Christ. Because one day it will be your future husband or wife and kids that will be the ones who get to enjoy you. Now, if you are married, I haven't left you out, or have children or have grandchildren, continue to grow into the person God created you to be. He is not done with you yet. Let him continue moulding you and shaping you as you have grown in your faith and identity over the years. Listen to where he's leading you and follow. Lay a foundation now for what you might want to do in the next two to five to ten years. Develop a hobby, get involved in things you enjoy that, you could become, that could become a career, or even passing on the skills you have learnt and add to the community around you. Or maybe invest in a ministry. Jump into something that's new and exciting and see where God's leading you there. We need to make choices and say yes to opportunities that will give us experiences where God can continue to shape us. Now, maybe for some of you, you need to study hard. Maybe you want to be more passionate in your prayer life. Maybe you want to try a new ministry. Maybe you want, need to work hard to save money for a house. Um, maybe you want to get married in the future. All of these things take time, perseverance, and diligence on our part. But the truth is, when we don't make choices that reflect our long-term desires, sometimes you end up only chasing the things that you want for that split moment whether it's moments of feeling loved, accepted, or even appreciated, which can end up leading you down a path that is the complete opposite of where you want it to be. Sometimes we don't always end up where we wanted to be or where we originally thought we were going to be. Just like the Israelites in exile. But when we trust God with our life, with our heart's desires, and we work and be diligent on our part, we can see the ways that God is working in our life to lead us to our purpose, even if we lose our way. So let's keep reading um, at verse 7. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So God also asked them to seek the peace and essentially the success of the city. He didn't want them to tear down Babylon because it had caused the destruction of their home. God wanted the Israelites to build the city up. 
So this suggests that we need to start looking outside of ourselves so that we can bring peace to those around us, bring peace into our homes, into our church, into our schools, into our workplaces and into our neighbourhood. So how do we do that? Well, this passage says to pray to the Lord for it. Pray to God on behalf of those who are surrounding us. Now, praying is one of the most powerful things that we can do to love our neighbours and to promote peace in our community. It may seem like a really small task, but praying for our neighbours, our leaders, our pastors, our church, our friends, our family, or even those we struggle to be around should be the starting point for anything that we try to do. When we pray for those around us, we stop looking at the circumstances we may be facing so that we can invite Jesus in to that. And we want to invite Jesus into this place so that he may bring the peace through us. We can't bring that peace on our own. It's only through him. You can also seek peace and prosperity in here in Wangaratta by reaching out to your community, strengthening your connection with those around you, actions with actions and actions filled with love, kind words and thoughtfulness. We as Christians, we want to be known as people who encourage, who cheer people on and build others up. So what's one thing that you can do, the, that you can do to bring the peace in your neighbourhood next week? Because we want to invite Jesus into 2021. We want to bring peace into our community and our neighbourhood so, throughout this passage, God tells the Israelites to build houses and settle down, plant gardens, marry and have children, seek peace and pray. He's instructing the Israelites very clearly to stop looking back, to stop being weighed down by the things that seem hard, but to look forward, to move forward and to see the opportunity of this new community. God is saying, get on with life. Keep going. Create a new community, build new relationships, plan for the future, and create new patterns of life. This passage then comes to the verse that we know so well. This is what the Lord says, so verse 10. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. So it becomes pretty clear just from reading that section of the passage that that verse isn't really directed at us. It's not actually a personal promise to us, even if it gives us comfort. It's a personal promise to the Israelites who had 70 years of exile ahead of them. God was promising to return them to their homes, but he instructed them to settle into this new community because they were going to be there for a long time. God didn't want them just to give up and mope about and sit down and just give up. Instead, he wanted them to be a part of something bigger. He wanted them to get on with life. Something like this feeling of exile is happening to us. 
and all through 2020, we experienced it. We were pretty comfortable with life. We were really used to the way life was going. We had a certain way we would go to work, a certain way we would go to school, um, the way we lived in our neighbourhoods, and a certain way we would do church. It was really hard to settle into this new life. And it's not quite over yet. But this feeling of exile, it places us amongst generations of God's people, just like the Israelites who also lost a world or a life of a loved one. And it has made them feel like exiles in their, their own home. This kind of loss, this feeling of exile, makes us need to trust God in new ways. It makes us imagine new ways of following Jesus in a world that has become really unfamiliar. But if we really think about it, as Christians, we are longing for a better home. Jeremiah 29.11 may not have been a direct promise to us, but Jesus was. Jesus went into exile alongside us to show us the true way home. Because when you put your trust and faith in what Jesus did on the cross, we become citizens of heaven. So this is not our home. And we are here for who knows how long. So whilst we are waiting for Jesus, we may be asking that question, where is God? And his response is, build houses and settle down, plant gardens, marry and have children, seek peace and pray. Settle into this community, build and encourage new relationships, plan for the future and create new patterns of life. I'd love to pray for you guys. Dear Lord, I thank you for um, Wangaratta uh, Community Church and I just pray that you, um, yeah, have just used the word today to um, open their hearts, open their ears, open their minds um, to where you may be leading them. And I pray that as they see this community that they're currently in and that they will look for new ways um, to invest into this community, new ways to seek you more during this year, um, new ways to um, delve into their relationship with you, people in their church, people in their neighbourhood. Um, and I just thank you for um, what they are doing here at this church. Uh, thank you for Pastor Aaron um, and the way that he's served so diligently during this time. Um, and I just thank you for all of the guys here um, and I give this day to you. Amen.